It's your girl, Teresa, father, long legs. Um, nobody calls me that. I just like to say that. Um, I'm really excited for my guest today. Uh, my dog just jumped into his lap, so you can tell he is a very trustworthy person. Um, he's super funny. I actually met him outside of L.A., and I was like, this guy's so funny. And I was like, oh, yes, you live in L.A., so I can watch you do more comedy. Um, Nick Amaroff, what's up? Hey, <laughs> what's up, Teresa? I do feel like you were, I was talking about you like you weren't in the room and you respectfully looked away. Yeah, I didn't, didn't want to make interact. eye contact yeah, with you. Yeah, until I was done. <laughs> to make sure. So, I didn't know if you were talking about me or not. So. I, what if I was like, and we couldn't get him, he canceled. Yeah. <laughs> so um, instead here we have Nick. Um, yeah, so, uh, oh, I've been doing this thing where I pull a tweet from guests' Twitters that I think is funny. I don't know why. I, okay. I think I started doing it because I sometimes will like research guess for ideas for games and then hmm. and then i'm like you know what these tweets are making me laugh so i'm gonna share them so here's your tweet oh, for damn. the audience that i liked um it said people always ask me nick you're dumb <laughs> so simple so funny yeah. um, love it really kind of harkens to the jack handy days love jack uh, handy are you, are you jack, jack handy influenced uh yeah for sure i, I mean can, i used I to see that in your tweets yeah, certainly loved watching all the old SNLs and stuff where they would have the Jack Handy yeah, just very confessions like or whatever they were. Dry delivery, but like very sharp turn, mm-hmm. and then we move on. Then you move on yeah, to the next, it. man. Yep. We don't have time to fucking <laughs> dissect my real there's stories. No You're not a laugh at yourself kind of guy. No, You're dude, there's nothing like, to laugh at. <laughs> it's very... Uh, it's very serious stuff, the comedy. Exactly. Um, but I do like to start on a good note, positive note, mm-hmm. by asking my guests for a good confession. Is there something good you'd like to confess, Nick? Uh, I've already achieved my dream. Oh, okay. What of, was your dream? <laughs> I guess getting on Conan was yeah. the dream. And then... Now I did it. It's a good confession in a way. And then also now I don't know what I'm doing with my life. So now you're going to walk into the ocean while mm-hmm. someone plays violin slowly. Exactly. Um, well, that's very congratulations. I didn't say that in the beginning, but I did write down Conan. Right. So I feel I mean, I, I, I was didn't say it because I wanted you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I was trying to think of what's it's the a what's a good confession. thing that's happened in that. But, okay, so I know, like, obviously a lot of comics have that as a dream, but you specifically had this as a dream. Like, vision board, this was the one. Truly. I was like, this would be the greatest thing I could ever do in my life. And I assume that once I did it, I would be eternally happy. (laughs) How (laughs) early did you think this? Like, when you had started comedy, or was this, like, you dreamed of doing comedy before all of... Like, at what point in your journey was this, like, a visualized dream? uh, I dreamed of doing comedy before I did comedy, and then... I dreamed that I would be able to do it on Conan, I guess, mm-hmm. when I, like, you know, would just see my favorite. I would, like, you know, uh, me and my friends would watch Conan all the time and watch the comics on it, and I would just be mm-hmm. like, that is ideally the coolest possible <laughs> outcome of doing comedy, is getting to do it on that show with that host. And you did it. And so I did it. And now, and now you have to quit I'm comedy. I'm so happy. So I, sorry to say, but this podcast is over. You're not allowed to do comedy anymore. That would be, that would be a fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> outcome for this. Um, what if that was all it was? Mm-hmm. Um, that's really amazing. I mean, I, I know it like, seems silly because it's like, obviously, I'm sure you get so many congrats, c- congratulations, but to actually have a specific, a specific dream and then to do it is mm-hmm. not to be like, oh, what's the word? I almost said it in Chinese, and then I realized I don't know the English word. Shao Kan in Chinese means 
little looked and then I wanted to say overlooked but overlooked is not the right word the word like to not to be taken uh, lightly maybe That's, sure yeah, you know yeah. what I mean like it's it's a it's an achievement even if we want to be humble like it's something that it's certainly like, when I think about uh you know imminent death or <laughs> if the earth is going to die or if I'm on a plane you're okay with I'm it like now. You know, I did what a lot of people don't get to do. Mm-hmm. So I feel very at peace in that way. That's awesome. Well, yeah. that is a great confession. Do you think about death a lot? I think so. You yeah. do? Uh, yeah. Are you scared of death? Uh, sometimes. I don't know. It goes back and forth of like sort of being at peace with it. <laughs> and then because okay. it just also seems so inevitable with, uh, you know, how yeah, things are going. Sorry to and break it to you, but it's not just inevitable it's definitely going to happen true i guess that (laughs) yeah it's going to happen at some point but i it seems inevitably close sometimes you know oh i see uh so there's more of a like a real fear yeah it's it's close like it's not abstract it's it's not yeah exactly i just constantly feel like people are going to (laughs) either on the street kill me or really? i'm gonna be in a car and i'm gonna get into a car crash it truly Wait, yeah yeah no way. maybe I'm i should this. <laughs> is this you you think people are gonna kill you i think just or like beat the shit out of me or something have you been where is this coming from have you been beaten up? Uh, no but i think i have an extra paranoid mind okay. and maybe because it hasn't happened i just keep thinking i'm like well that just makes it more likely that it's gonna mm, happen yes that is how statistics works yeah. um the more i don't win the lottery the more likely <laughs> i will win it tomorrow. yeah exactly uh actually i don't know what i'm talking about it could totally not it, I, does that no i don't think statistics. i think if I the think, chances are small it's always small i think you're you're right to make fun of me <laughs> and no. use that lottery thing as a, a um, good example no it's not uncommon to be afraid of death um but i'm always fascinated by people's relationships with death but i wish i could ask that when i first meet people but i can't because it's creepy to be like are you afraid of dying right um but it's one of my favorite conversations to have Mm-hmm. because we don't know i don't know like death is so interesting um what but do you think happens after you die i don't think anything happens but i think a lot of people who are afraid of dying are afraid of the life right before they die because right. they're afraid of the pain a lot of people are like oh, i don't want to die because i don't feel pain i'm like well, when you're dead you won't feel pain you're afraid of the life leaving you which is still life hmm. so you're not afraid of death you're afraid of too much life all at once right sure not you specifically um but uh yeah this is morbid um (laughs) uh well this podcast is sort of loosely inspired by therapy um what's your relationship with therapy like do you go have you gone i went for a few like basically one and a half years in toronto when i was like 24 25 okay and then that's where you grew up uh that's like yeah yeah that's where i moved when i was 20 that's where i became a man that's where i grew up (laughs) emotionally uh and then i thought it was really really helpful and great and then sort of things in my life sort of like i you know felt like i had dealt with this stuff that i was most Uh concerned with and like i had sort of a steady life going and then i stopped going and i think that was a mistake (laughs) uh and like times of your life where you can start and stop yeah but i think because i had uh you know gone for those two years or whatever i was like oh i sort of get it and then (laughs) i had a very transitional year last year of just like moving and you know going through a breakup and stuff Mm. and then oh all at once were you guys living together 
No, but we would oh, okay. spend, you know, gotcha. five or six days a week at one of our places, basically. But the moving um, was unrelated, but just coincidental. Yeah, moving, like, from Toronto to L.A. Oh, I mean, oh, so gotcha. also, like, moving countries and coming to a place wow. where I didn't know many people and all that. Um, and then, so I went, I started going back to therapy about November of 2019, I guess. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, I've been, you know, going regularly since then, and it has definitely helped a lot and i i think it's a super if you're able to do it i think it's a crazy important thing yeah yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. i mean it sounds like you have a healthy um awareness of what you need and and are not afraid to go yeah go there, there's some that, that sort of like um treatment no i mean i didn't start going to live as an adult because i didn't grow up having it and it did really change my life um but mm-hmm. i don't think like I don't think it's all the time. I take breaks too. You know, it's good to be like, I've handled this thing and now I want to live. Yeah. And sometimes I found sometimes when you go in, like obviously when you go in and like something is really on your mind, I think it's really helpful. Uh, And then if you go in sort of not knowing what you're going to talk about, some (laughs) interesting stuff comes up where you're like, oh, I guess I hadn't thought about that for like 20 years or something, you know, from your childhood or from your adolescence or whatever that you realize maybe has influenced a lot of (laughs) how you are how you think basically yeah it's all sort of related i mean i Mm. feel like i used to hear the jokes about it and just even say them myself and it wasn't until i really like have my own breakthroughs that i was like oh oh these jokes come from like when people are like oh you know blame your parents obviously that's the reductive version it's Mm -hmm. not really like blame your parents but everything is it's just like something that they did has impacted you in a way yeah and i used to kind of just hear that and be like haha that's funny but there's more. But then now I'm like, oh, yes, no, it truly is so well, like that period of your life, childhood, that developmental stage of like how you uh, receive love and how you define it affects right. the rest of your life. Oh, 100%. In crazy ways. Um, wow. Um, yeah. Wait, so you didn't grow up in Toronto. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Montreal. Oh, okay. Do yeah. you speak French? Yeah. Ah, cool. It's I, pretty I went to f- Montreal and I got confused by the French because it's different than French French. It's true. It sounds like a French with an accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like, the way I hear it, it sounds like sort of ducks speaking. Ducks? It's a kind oh. of a, not a nice, beautiful way of speaking, I would say. The um, Quebecois French. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like it, but it takes a, it definitely does sound like English people speaking French. So it right. took me a while, especially when everyone's doing that, it takes me a while to get used to. Mm-hmm. But I went by myself. I, I guess I would go back now as an adult. I did a really last minute trip where I just like booked a Greyhound bus when I was living in New York. Oh, yeah. Over it's spring so break once. And then just ca- there was used to be this site called Couchsurfing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they had that. I mean, they obviously had that in Canada because I did it there. But I don't know if it was a big thing there. Mm-hmm. It was literally like so sketchy when i think about it but i you go on the site and then you know you have reviews of people and peer reviews but you just go to a stranger's house and sleep on their couch right so i did that when i went to montreal um and it was fairly safe one of the guys did try to touch me and then i just told him no looking back i'm like yeah this is probably why this is a free oh and it was free accommodations too (laughs) oh man it's free that's that's why it's not very you can hear where it will would go wrong right Right. and it did go wrong um but it was fine i came out fine i'm glad Um, but when i look back i'm like what what are you doing Teresa? (laughs) just very this is very naive of you to go to a different country yeah with no by yourself with no friends and on spring break (laughs) yeah um but that was my only time in montreal so damn 
Uh, Aside from that, it normally is better, <laughs> but yeah. I had fun. Great. Um, cool. Wow, I don't know why we got on that tangent. Um, but Nick, mm-hmm. is there anything you'd <laughs> like to tell me? There is one thing I've been thinking that I should tell you specifically. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear it. Uh when I was in high school, I doctored my report card and gave it to my parents. Ooh, okay. This is a juicy one. Yeah. I love high school confessions, mm-hmm. and I love a good scheme. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's get into it. So you doctored your report card. Was this a very was this something you regularly did, or was there a moment where you're like, oh my god, everything's bad. I failed this class. There's only one way out. Uh, well, I would regularly lie to my parents about how good school was going. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then always I would have to face that lie once the report card came. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this time I think that I just like had gotten way too into video games basically okay. <laughs> and like would just play either NHL or Madden or something for like hours after getting home from school every day and uh-huh. then I was like oh fuck I know How I'm gonna do you? that so it have been grade nine okay. which is or at least oh, yeah, where I went to high school, school starts in start gra- school. where I went it started in grade seven but uh, uh, I don't uh, know if that's the case all throughout so Canada. Weird. Um, no, I'm just kidding. We're messed up, dude. Well, it's like, you know, ninth, $9 is like $7. So <laughs> the, the conversion makes sense. Um, <laughs> Grade nine. Oh, oh, yes. That took me a second. It was people. <laughs> I guess are, our whoever's is listening, here, whoever's so. listening is fucking dying dumb laughing. Math brain. Um, I'm not good at math. Um, and so I just, you know, I was like, you know, feeling desperate to not. Uh, I feel like we had an agreement also with my parents. Like if I didn't do well, like there was going to be some punishment of either I wasn't allowed to go to camp or like video games taken away or something like that. So I was like, like vague idea of punishment, but not set in stone. I think it was. I just don't remember it now. I think I've like tried to repress the shame I felt for getting caught. How did, um, well, first how were you lying to them about being like, were they just like, how's things going? You're just like, great. I got like, what, what's the degree of, I think they're like, do you have homework? I'm like, no. Gotcha. And they're like, did you do your, or like, did you do homework? I was like, yeah, I did it already. Kind of like that kind of stuff. Okay. So you just weren't even trying or were you like not really getting it at all and doing poorly and then just, uh, I truly think I just wasn't trying because I think video games are more fun than homework. Yeah, exactly. Especially for, (laughs) I don't know, 15 year old ish or something like that. Um, and so I remember getting the report card and it was like the final, so it was like, you know, the end of the school year, uh-huh. summer report card. So I think what was working in my favor was that there was no parent teacher interviews. Okay. Cause they used to give you yeah, a report card. That they'd never had any talks with the teacher. They would. But I think when you get your last one, I guess that they're, mm. because it was the end of the year, there just was no follow I up. So the I was like, like, I gotta go on my vacation. Oh yeah. I'm sure they're like, they're I don't like, want to fucking fuck yeah. <laughs> talk to these kids these parents anymore. So I was like, okay, I know they won't have to talk to the teachers. And then I like went into my school's library. Okay. And what I did was I like found the, they just use like courier font or something on the Mm -hmm. report card. So I like printed out a bunch of numbers (laughs) that, you know, were better than my actual grades. Okay. And then I just cut it. And wow. then pasted it and then like photocopied it like a hundred times so that like it was like kept getting more and more <laughs> degraded so you couldn't tell that there was like something pasted on top. Wow. And then I told my parents that like, I think the legit 
lie that I used was that me and my friends were celebrating after because it was the last day of school and uh-huh. we like spilled coke on my report card so i had to go back to the school and get a photocopy of it and that's why i have a photocopy <laughs> of my report card not the real one wow you really thought yeah. this through mm-hmm. just think about you cutting out num- numbers like a like a little math serial killer <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. um had you this is so smart for a ninth grader i would never have thought to do this is this like just all from your head or is this a, like a thing kids did uh, in Canada? I actually saw, yeah, this was a rampant thing all, all across Canada. Well, I've heard of people, um, you know, you draw the little line or whatever. I don't think that works very well, but if you... If oh, you right. Very, if it's like a letter. Or yeah, or a red pen where it's like... Right. This, um, I, there was this movie that me and my friends got obsessed with that was not a very big movie at all. I'm trying to remember. I think it was called like Cheaters or something. Okay. And it was like maybe even a straight to DVD movie, but it was like a <laughs> high school party movie. But okay. they like taught you how to cheat in class. Uh-huh. And it was stuff that actually me and my friends did implement at some classes in high school <laughs> where like you would go and steal the test and like copy all these things. And then you would have like your friend like during the test would like cough if the answer was A <laughs> or like knock twice on the desk if it was B. Hmm. It was just like sort of very. <laughs> rudimentary but sort of felt creative and badass at the time i mean that's honestly like if you can pull off a heist in high school yeah that's kind of how it felt that's to be like a secret (laughs) menu grade you know like if you're if you're doing heist stuff yeah in high school you can get another grade that would be your your heist grade yeah for heist school (laughs) oh that's why you're on conan and yeah (laughs) (laughs) just love wordplay um uh okay so you got caught because you mentioned that before so yeah so what happened when you took so you just took it home and your your mom just didn't buy it or or no well they they did buy it okay and then i have an older brother who Ah. is uh 12 years older than me i think oh wow okay and so he was the youngest i am the youngest yeah and he was coming over i think for a dinner that night Mm -hmm. And he looked at the report card <laughs> and I think he was way more on top of it. Uh-huh. And like some of the letters were like a bit tilted or something. Like there was something a little bit off that he could tell. How can I ask like what was the gap? Like how bad were your grades and how much did you lie by? Uh, probably I think I like as part of the deal with my parents was that like I had to get maybe 80s and everything uh-huh. or something. And... Like, I didn't fail anything because I think that would have been impossible to explain away sure. if I had to, like, go to summer school or something. <laughs> like, no, I did really well, and they want me to go back to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just want to hang out for, like, five hours every day. <laughs> uh, so I, like, didn't fail anything, but, like, let's say I got, like, 60 or 65 okay. or something. Okay. And I probably boosted it up to, like, 80 or close to okay, an 80 so or something like chunk. that. Okay, so you're... There was some... Like, two letter grades or one or two letter grades. One. Yeah, wait, see, yeah. See, yeah, yeah. It was definitely like not like a one percent difference or something. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember this is truly I've talked about this in therapy because this is one uh-huh. of the most <laughs> I don't know emotionally things that I feel worse about in my entire life. My brother he took me upstairs and he closed the door and he's like, "I'm gonna ask you one time." Oh my and he God. was being very, very good older brother. Like he's not yeah, really a disciplinarian, especially with me. Uh huh. But at this point, he was like, I'm going to ask you one time, did you change this report card? And I said, no. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, I'll believe whatever you say. Just tell me yes or no. And I said, no. 
and then he went back to my parents. And nothing was said that night, but then I found out later that he... He told your parents. Yeah, he, or he's just like, I think this is... You should ask the school uh-huh. for the report card. Oh. And they did. And they never told the school that I changed the report card or anything. So he wanted... So I'm like trying to get into the psyche of your brother now because it's like almost felt like he was trying to be like, you can be real with me. Yeah. But like... Then he added the, I'll believe you no matter, but then he still didn't believe me, obviously. I mean, I think he knew for sure that I had doctored it and he he was trying to give me, yeah. As like a lesson, but then he backed himself into a corner where he then lost your trust. No, I was like, like, you know, I I understood why he did that. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, But I do feel bad for lying to him. (laughs) I never talked about it with him and I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast, but. (laughs) Well, I think he would understand. I I imagine he caught i'm sure he's lie because he probably was you at some point i mean true you know like he can see that mm-hmm. having been a high school boy mm-hmm. i mean was it were, were his grades really good in high school or was he kind of like okay i've got got i got through and you know i want nick to also get through uh i from my memory i was like so probably you know young when he was in high school i was like five when he graduated oh, yeah. but uh he i think was did really well gotcha. from what i remember so he was a concerned older brother. Yeah. Just wanted the best for his little brother. Yeah. I don't think, I think he, you know, didn't think that I was like going to like, you know, not be able to survive in life. But I think he uh-huh. was just like, he just like knew that I had done something sneaky and that he didn't like that, I think. Did you feel, well, did you feel any guilt lying to your parents? Yeah. But then I was relieved <laughs> with the idea that I wouldn't be in trouble. Gotcha. Was it, was there any difference between lying to your parents and lying to your brother like the feeling honestly probably lying to my brother felt worse especially because it was very one-on-one mm-hmm. and, he's, and he was like i have your number i, I know. Yeah. yeah and i was like i guess i'm just gonna put all my chips on the table <laughs> and hope i don't get called on this bluff oh man um yeah and i obviously you know i think you feel i don't know if it's the same with all siblings but like i felt you know maybe closer to my brother than i did mm-hmm. with my parents yeah yeah, totally. Um, so, did you get in trouble? Yeah, yeah. Actually, that was the first time I had to go to therapy. <laughs> was oh, gotcha. forced by my parents at that age because then they therapy were, for a bad grade. Wow. Well, it wasn't the bad grades. It was the mm. lying to them gotcha. and changing the report card because they like, you know, as they should have been, were really <laughs> taken aback by that and really disappointed in me. Yeah, but. Uh, then I had to go and like, as it, maybe they were like worried that this was a symptom of a bigger mm. issue or something. And then that therapy didn't really do any, cause I also just like was never, <laughs> I don't know. I was never forthcoming with the therapist anyways. With, and you're probably not that, well, I mean, were you self-aware? Like what was going on? Was there something going on that was like making you not want to? I think just uh, not wanting to do homework. Sure, yeah. yeah. Like I don't think there was a deep seated uh, problem or whatever. It's weird thinking about grades now because I, I think I had a, like I, I grew up in the Bay and it's uh, very, almost too much pressure on grades. So I, I had a different mm-hmm. experience than you in that like, I did get good grades, but I, and it, but it was always this thing where it's like, you have to, like, like if you got an a, if I got an A minus, I would feel like extreme like shame right right so it was like i don't think that's good either um but it's weird because i i know that there was a part of my life when grades were i want to be clear i i eventually got good (laughs) grades and i'm really smart okay (laughs) 
Um, well, my point is to, I, I was trying to make the point that it doesn't matter, but it's weird because I remember there was a time when it did matter. Mm-hmm. And even you saying this, I'm like, that is true on paper. But as you say this, I'm like, literally, I can't think of a reason it matters besides, yes, obviously going to school, good college or whatever. But yeah. when I think about the grade itself, it doesn't really signify anything. I mean, no. it's like, what are you learning? What do you like? You know, what's your life filled with if you're if you have friends and you have good social skills and you're enjoying it, I mean, that's a good childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. But yeah, I don't know. It's so weird to think about how important grades were. It's just like such a concrete way, I guess, that parents can tell, especially, I think, you know, like our parents' generation or whatever. It's mm-hmm. very concrete of a display of your potential or like your yeah. future, I guess. Because they're like, good grades equals good future. Even though if that's obviously the correlation is not obviously a hundred percent with that. <laughs> yeah. I almost like want my kid to have a very checkered report card, not like on <laughs> purpose. Like I don't want them to be like not doing it cause they want to get away with it, mm. but I want them to like, Oh, if they're just spending too much time getting good at like something else, they like, like painting, whatever. True. Um, and then I was getting really, see. really good at Madden 2005. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, video games is something that I, now I'm like, I never picked up on video games because I always just felt like this thing that boys did. And now I'm like, everybody still plays video games. I miss the Nobody I know is doing calculus anymore. That's like, true. I would have yeah. had way more social skills if I just played video games growing up because now I would have more in common with my friends. Yeah. I can't be like, hey, guys, want to get together and lo- look at <laughs> geometric shapes? I mean... <laughs> um yeah i was i actually one time changed someone else's grade for them i oh, was damn. like a ta that's how nerdy i was but i also also kind of was a rule breaker um mm. so like there was a really cute kid in my class who was dumb oh and uh he asked me to change his grades and i did damn and i never got caught that's so nice i like boosted like i couldn't like get him for like to like it would be like if it was like around like a uh at the edge of a 10 i would round it up to the next grade but i I think i got like a c up to a b for him which is that's very nice pretty bold yeah i wish my my teachers had just done that i could have avoided everything (laughs) well i wasn't the teacher i was the ta TA, yeah uh looking back huge breach of trust um on my part but uh somehow i didn't feel guilty because it wasn't for me but i probably should have felt true you're like i'm actually helping this person out in a way yeah but i probably wasn't helping him probably <laughs> in the did. long run no. <laughs> he probably just didn't do very well in, into his future right or maybe girls are still helping him out i mean maybe that's his life look having if you're really if you're charming hot, and you're, yeah. yeah i mean that's a skill so it's true he's probably worked on yeah, that he's probably working in the white house now yeah um uh yeah wow okay so you sounds like that was a very pivotal moment for you and also caused you to have to do all these things like therapy and all this stuff so mm-hmm. Did you shift your perspective about school after that? Uh, I think that I was like, I probably shouldn't lie (laughs) as much. So you actually (laughs) learned the lying lesson. It wasn't just that you got caught. You felt I became obsessed with truth and stuff after that, especially for a few years. I was like trying to be like principled and like never lie, even though, you know, I think that's sort of impossible in a day-to-day life of like (laughs) never or just like you know, you can withhold something mm-hmm. and that technically, you know, would be a lie or something. But you valued honesty. So that's, mm-hmm. it sounds like in a way your parents taught you, the lesson they wanted to teach you was taught. Right. I think, yeah. I don't know if they were, 
even conscious about teaching me a lesson at that point rather than just being like oh my <laughs> god i never thought our son would do this what's going mm. on uh um were yeah. you raised religious or what was your household like uh we grew up jewish but very uh like secular okay. jew not like we would go to temple on like the high holidays like we celebrated christmas over hanukkah basically gotcha so in general like things like just like the value systems were more just like general sort of what we're taught in school like treat others the way you want to be treated that kind of thing yeah 100 percent. um okay so but you were obsessed with honesty that's really interesting to me because it can kind of go different ways i could like i you know i could see it going where you're like oh i got caught i'm gonna just be like more smart about like <laughs> getting away with it or angry right. that i got caught and this is unfair but uh, you kind of went like the no, i was like very I positive got, route yeah maybe i was like i got caught i need to not be in the same situation again and you cared about being like you you valued honesty after that like would you be upset yeah. if someone lied to you yeah i mean everything's contextual but yeah i think so because you i, I tried yeah because you realize how much it hurt to be on the other end of that probably i'm sure that's part of it <laughs> were there examples of times when you would have lied but because your newfound knowledge of <laughs> being honest you're like i'm now gonna tell now the gonna truth take the, this path or whatever mm, i don't have an example <laughs> no <laughs> so okay, now it so all it was sounds more just in, no i'm no yeah. I, I mean i don't know I, i'm not i mean i don't know the intimate details of your life but um it's really interesting to see that change because I'm sure you haven't thought about it that way because that's who you are, but it can really go different ways. I feel like not everyone takes that path when they get caught. <laughs> it's possible, yeah. I guess I just, I just was like understood that this was, mm -hmm. I needed to make a change now. Yeah. When did you start? Was comedy always there when you were in high school? Is that something you always wanted to do? Or, yeah. Or when? how did you get from, you know, boy, boy Nick to mm -hmm. adult Nick? <laughs> And uh, I did always, yeah, like look at comedy and comedians and stuff and you got obsessed with like Mitch Hedberg and mm -hmm. I remember being obsessed with The Lonely Island when they came onto SNL and like oh, yeah. I bought like a t-shirt of theirs online <laughs> and stuff. Aww. Um, and then you cut out some letters to put your name on it instead yeah like exactly i was like <laughs> yeah i was like mom i made the lonely island <laughs> um and yeah i think just always thinking in the back of my mind somehow i was like yeah i'm gonna do comedy at some point and then just sort of eventually having to make the call to like book a spot mm -hmm. at the first open mic which was at this comedy club in montreal and then i was like oh shit now it's real how did your parents feel about you doing comedy? Uh, I think it's been quite a roller coaster <laughs> Have you for them. To them about it? Yeah, they don't. Well, they, I told them I'm out here okay. <laughs> going to school. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, no, but they. I don't know. It sometimes it looks really good, like you know, getting to do stuff on TV or whatever. Uh -huh. They're like that makes. I think they like that they can tell their friends about that, and it's like something that they can understand and even see. Uh huh. And then other times they like are like god i and the same i wish the same thing too that there was something more steady or like not as volatile as comedy basically that i was pursuing but what would they're supportive would very supportive what else would, no. <laughs> i don't think i mean yeah, I, yeah it is it is the thing i want to be doing the most for uh -huh. sure and i think if i wasn't doing it i would just be thinking about wanting to do it badly yeah it seems like that's with a lot of the arts 
but especially comedy because it's in the scope of the art it's probably one of the most thankless ones i mean like i don't remember who was saying this someone on it's been said by many people but someone recently on stage was saying like First prize is like fame, and second prize is nothing in right. comedy. Like you're either it's like pretty... very successful, or you're like doing, you know, yeah. whatever, walking dogs, uh, yeah. and nothing wrong with that. But it's just the, the gap is so big. Whereas in the other, uh, a lot of other arts, even like illustration, which feels like you know, like like old school painting feels like a dying art. But if you sell one painting, like you could pay for your house for a year, you know. So mm-hmm. there's it, the gap is so much bigger in comedy. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely the disparity is very big, and it's weird because the disparity in like talent or you know sense mm-hmm. of humor is not necessarily as big as the gap in financial reward or whatever. Oh sure, yeah, um, yeah. I wonder why that is. It's maybe it's more of it feels like it should be more democratic because it's just based on audience. But there, there's a lot of gatekeeping oh, man, to yeah. like stars in comedy. I mean, there's I in, think, in touring and whatever, I feel like you can have a life there, but you're not going to break through a ceiling until like certain gatekeepers are like, you're a star. Yeah, I think that's true. I think what a lot of people, certainly what I thought before starting comedy is like you assume it's like a pure meritocracy mm-hmm. or something, which is also like a not just not how any sort of artistic <laughs> pursuit works you realize right. eventually but when you go into it you know pretty wide-eyed and like yeah you see the people on tv and you're like yeah they're the best that's why they're there and mm-hmm. then like you you know about seven years in now and i'm like oh there's so many <laughs> awesome comedians that i think are the funniest are like mm-hmm. not necessarily well known or like as well known as i if if it was a meritocracy in my eyes, as they would be, as they should be, or whatever. I feel like I have so many more questions about your life. I don't know you that well. I feel I'm realizing as I talk to you. <laughs> no, I mean like because that's how it is with comedy. Like you can be really familiar with someone, and then I'm like, oh wow, so you grew up in Toronto, you did this, but then I'm like, I don't know how much you've already talked about very publicly. So it might be very boring for you to rehash your story, right. <laughs> um, if that makes sense. What I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm really interested in sort of like what what like world views and outlooks that's like sort of where like i th- find the most interesting so definitely like mm-hmm. value and honesty that's something that i think is cool i actually wrote my college essay about um lying to my parents and oh, really? i had a different experience than you but similar like shift right like in, an internal shift almost where i did get in trouble but it was more than just not wanting to get in trouble i feel like i felt the like i felt why i it was more is be- was, was better wrong? to be honest. Yeah, mm. which is weird to say because I mean I guess that is just um, that's part of growing up. But I think some people don't learn it. So I almost feel lucky that I made that big mistake. Right. Um, yeah, I threw a big party in high school when my parents went to Taiwan, and um, I thought I got away with it. I cleaned everything up. I like really like I mean kids like broke the gate of our door but i just said there were people who were like were kind of vandalizing like i thought i got away with the extent of how big the party was i think my parents suspect i had people over but it was like a rager like right i mean people broke the gate yeah it was like a golf pros tennis hose um thing party (laughs) there was alcohol it was like a you know high school party yeah um but then i lied to them when they said "Did, did you have anyone over and i think they knew but like i wasn't in trouble and then I read this book. <laughs> this is so 
corny now as an adult i read this book the kite runner <laughs> do you know that book yeah they made that in movie like, as well yeah, it's like, it, that was a it's very like, very it's big definitely book. been like a bestseller and it wasn't yeah yeah but i think at the time i had just maybe i'd just come out i want to say it was like 2006 or something mm-hmm. and so i you know i had no context and i was like so moved by it and in the book is that, that even a and that's a book about like someone who throws a high school party right? yeah <laughs> yeah he throws a, a rager called yeah. tennis oh no um no i mean the book is super serious and uh totally set in a different world than my world but there's a big part of it um is he keeps a secret from a friend oh. and he the guilt kind of eats him up and somehow that's the part that resonated with me and after i finished it, i was like i can't keep secrets i must live in the light right and then so i remember just like closing the book and going to the laundry room where my mom was like washing the clothes and i was like mom i have to tell you something i threw a party i lied whoa and it like just came, it was just like i was just overcome with like honesty i must like i must live this way or i'll be like the, i think the kid in the book's name amir mm. i'll be like amir um, and then, so that's what I wrote my college essay about, Damn, which is very, I don't know, looking back seems so nerdy <laughs> to be like, I threw a party and then I realized it was wrong. Fun <laughs> is bad. <laughs> what did your mom say when you, were they mad at you, your parents? She was not, uh, I, I feel like I did have some punishment, but it, it's weird how memory works. Like, because I, I felt relief being honest. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the feeling of getting in trouble. I think maybe I was like grounded or something. Uh, I don't remember her being very, she didn't like blow up at me, which was what I thought she was going to do. Right. I was very afraid of that. It's always the anticipation of it is so Mm -hmm. much worse than the reality. Yeah. I used to be scared of getting in trouble a lot. Um, Yeah. It's like that feeling of like, well, it's also the shame. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's probably part of it. Feeling like I'm bad right (laughs) like it sounds silly to say but like i think a lot of kids have that it's i wish like parents knew how to like i don't know because i think they're just doing their best they want you to be a good adult so they want to teach you as a kid but when you're a kid and you don't know what's right and wrong and you're just trying to figure it out there's a lot of shame because sometimes you do something that you don't quite know why it's wrong Mm -hmm. and then you get the reaction wrong yeah, and then you feel shame, mm. even though you're like, because it comes from a place of wanting, right? Like, if I, I wanted to have friends, I wanted to hang out, so I did the party. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I wish there was a way for people to teach their kids how to address their wants more healthily without just being like, this is restricted. Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer. Um, <laughs> I think we'll figure it out, though, within <laughs> well, like the next five minutes. your brother coming to talk to you. I feel like that was more middle ground, like him trying to... Offer the opportunity. Yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is because I don't think the answer is to just be like, "Don't ever play video games. You have to get straight A's." Because like that's not realistic for everybody. No, no. I think yeah. But there's a world where it's like, "Hey, if you're really not doing well, come talk to us, and then we'll figure it out." Right. Yeah. Yeah. To their credit, I think that was what they offered at the end, and I was like. (laughs) <laughs> and then they're, you're like, no. <laughs> I was like, I'd still rather play video games. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it paid off because you did Conan, so. Right. I would not have been able to do that without the great shame, the shame. <laughs> that I have that has built up my comic oh my uh, persona. Well, do you get do you get afraid of getting in? Do you still have that feeling like, oh, yeah. of getting in trouble now? Oh, yeah. You do? I think that's related to the death. <laughs> oh, wait. Where it's like speak on that. either somebody's gonna yell at me or 
kill me. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I remember having very, even to this day, this is uh, like sometimes I'll like house sit for my sister and stuff uh-huh. when she and her husband and their kid all go out of town or something. And I just always think that there is a murderer in the house really? if I like get home after like not being home for a while. Mm-hmm. And I remember like I would be, I have a lot of, a lot of memories of my dad like driving to like either subway or like blockbuster when i was a blockbuster, kid R. I. B. yeah uh and like and when he wouldn't come home in like 10 or 15 minutes i was just like oh my god he died what yeah that's yeah Where did that i don't come think i've from? thought about that in a while i don't know did you watch I've never, horror movies i guess so i mean i definitely watched yeah but not enough or it's not like but i don't remember yeah. any that like specifically had a scenario like that or whatever i mean it sounds a little bit like anxiety yeah i think it's anxiety super big anxiety <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you jump to the worst conclusion yeah 100 percent of like, death and yeah. then you feel when you say you like come home and you're afraid there's are you like checking doors and like yeah. Lock, okay yeah I've that's why that. I, sometimes i really like it if i uh either like am in a hotel or like uh-huh. in a very very small room or something that only has like everything yeah or like i only have to check underneath oh, yeah. the bed and the closet and then i'm good but if so it's I like a house you sit facing the door because you're facing it. so I'm, someone could I'm, come in and you wouldn't know yeah exactly but i'm facing <laughs> the window and i'm like i have oh, a great okay. view of the park gotcha. and stuff i mean the <laughs> blinds are closed but uh-huh, uh-huh. that's just for the viewer <laughs> the listener um uh wow so okay so these two things are more related than i thought because so it's all this sort of general anxiety that like people are coming into your space and ruining, like, do, do you have control issues? Like, not, I don't want to say issues. <laughs> do you um, feel like a need to be in, like control everything around you? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I haven't really talked about that in therapy, but the more I do either like, you know, comedy tours or something like that, mm-hmm. it's just like, I like to, control all the aspects of that i guess and like make the posters for it and if i like did a show with a friend in toronto i would like do the poster for it Uh and like do the event page for it and all because i feel like i wanted to i guess make sure it was done the way that i wanted it to be done yeah yeah i mean there's a certain like at a certain level that's that's really good i mean that's like very uh i think a lot of people say they want to do stuff and they don't and so mm-hmm. if you're doing all of that, that's like, you know, you're a very act- proactive person. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I have some control issues too. And it, it becomes, sometimes I'll try to let, let go, but then I'll let go too much. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to do half. It's hard for me to be like, you do this and I do this. Like, it's either I'm driving it or I let someone else drive entirely. Yeah. It's really hard for me to be like, let's switch off. Right. I think I'm like that too. Yeah. Like, it's either also very volatile. It's like either all or nothing maybe interesting man mm. this murder thing is I, I wish yeah i don't I, get, I don't think we're gonna crack it today but it is interesting this um, is good i'm gonna talk about this in therapy uh, yeah <laughs> i i used i'm not afraid of murders now but i used to um i used to be terrified of them and i didn't watch horror so that's why i'm wondering if that comes from a place mm. but i don't know where it comes from i would like uh like we had these windows that were like kind of didn't have blinds for a while because we just moved and they were like big and it was very dark outside so it would just be this like big gaping like black hole Mm -hmm. and i just would look at them in my bedroom and 
imagine like faces popping up and it would scare me so much and i was like i can't look at the window because any moment like a murder will just pop up mm-hmm. but i don't know where that came from because there's no <laughs> it was like a very safe area there are no murders i just looked into the woods and, i know but it never has anything to do with the actual reality of the situation i feel like yeah but i a sense of fear can be healthy is what i'm learning as an adult i think as a kid you want to it's a little overwhelming and you want to obviously learn how to cope with that but i think as an adult i don't know if you've been able to tune it out a little bit more i've been able to tune it out more as an adult and i found that now when i do feel uneasy and fear i do listen to it because sometimes it's telling me it's my body telling me like something's not right right uh i think i've maybe been able to tune it or like be like or is it still overpowering your day-to-day life (laughs) no it's not even like day-to-day but like now i'll be like okay look i thought this like a billion times now and nothing has happened so i can sort of like use the Uh that reminder that like i'm probably just am over uh overthinking it or whatever possibly i mean not i don't want to scare you but i do sometimes (laughs) you mean you will be murdered no i don't think you'll be murdered but i think that feeling that fear is actually um sometimes trying to communicate something to you and especially living in la you it's think not it's always my house fear. is haunted <laughs> no <laughs> my, maybe no i don't think it's the house is haunted but i don't think it's nothing you just have to learn how to discern it like you might mm-hmm. have a stronger dial than i do so you're picking up on little it's almost like you're superman but for well, no i'm exactly like superman <laughs> but you know, he's scene? super paranoid people don't know where he ha- hears too many voices and he can't tune it out and then his mom's like just listen to my voice uh okay i don't but okay so that's like but you know look he has it up like on super, YouTube. super i don't even know it might have been the bad version i think it was man of steel which is the worst superman movie is that the uh, mo- like DC most recent one, one? Yeah. okay yeah um so don't watch it but there's a scene you guys know how superman has super hearing so there's a scene in that one where he's like a kid mm-hmm. and he just hears voices everywhere it's too much it's too loud and he's just like ah, i can't stand it and then she's like focused on my voice but you might have that with fear in that like you live in la and la mm. is full of uh triggers that are like legitimate right there's like terrible people all over la Mm. all the time and you're constantly been being bombarded with um mostly at open awful things yep (laughs) (laughs) yeah when you walk into a a mic and you feel you probably at least three murders in that room sure for sure um no but you're picking up on real things but you're probably just like way too too tuned in like some of that you can probably ignore it doesn't mean it's not true i mean you know people have anxieties and whatever there's insecure people who are bad or whatever (laughs) i mean hollywood is full of abusers so you may be picking up on actual things um but i think if you fine-tune it and don't tune it all out because i think it can come in handy like it seems like you have a strong sense of your surroundings you just have to like i don't know (laughs) like turn the dial down a little bit gotcha I don't know. Does any of this make sense? I, I think yeah. to me, because I've, I read a book called The Gift of Fear and it's this guy who like deals with like murderers and stuff. And he talks about like these victims will say like, I felt weird. And then, and then obviously something happened. Right. So he I feel like this is going to have the opposite effect on me. Oh, no, and I'm okay, going to turn it up so much where yeah. I'm like, yes, I need to listen to these. <laughs> these. Well, you, you have to learn to your, listen to your gut. So right. don't listen to. How do you what? discern what's your gut and what's your head? And you Have know. you ever felt anything and then left a situation have you ever ever acted on a fear Mm, maybe or jumped into a fear 
Like that's another thing. I, I don't think I've jumped into okay. a fear. That so seems, that's the thing with performing. Yeah. I feel like sometimes or I guess people do. in that you, regard, you lean yeah. into it and then it, you come out on the other side. So then you kind of figure out what's like good and bad fear. There's the good fear, which is like sort of excitement, like butterflies. Yeah. yeah, and if you lean into it, it's very rewarding. Mm-hmm. And then there's the bad fear where you're like, I have a very bad feeling that person is going to kill me. I'm going right. to leave. Yeah. Like the <laughs> couch surfing. Right. I left that room. That's I mean, like, good. I joke about it. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, nothing happened, but I mean, I left because yeah, I mean, that's good like intuition. A good situation, so. I do think, yeah, that if like, yeah, once they're like actually si- shows to be signs of like yeah. actual like you know presence of something <laughs> dangerous or whatever, I would be like, yeah, I need to get out of here. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I feel like I scared you more, and I'm sorry. I'm terrified. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm about to jump out this window. Oh no! Well, I'm glad you're working on it in therapy, and mm-hmm. um, I don't think anyone's going to murder you, Nick. But unless you have a secret past, I don't know about. No, but maybe I've repressed it in my own head, <laughs> and I don't remember it either. <laughs> I think I'll be okay. Um, I think you'll be okay too. Um, well, thank you for sharing that with me. You're welcome. Um, I have a game. If you'd like to play it, I would love to. Okay. This game, uh, I didn't know about your paranoia, but this is something I'm paranoid about, which is accidentally joining a cult. Um, oh, yeah. Well, actually, I really wanted to join a cult when I first moved to LA because I really think I want to belong somewhere. And maybe that's why I started doing improv, um, which is basically true. a cult. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but actual cults exist, and cults are bad because you can't leave them. Sure. So this game is, uh, is this a camp or a cult? And I wish I came up with a better title, but I didn't <laughs> have time. Um, but it's just, I'm just going to read some rituals and it's either a ritual or a thing that a cult, a real documented cult does, or it's like a tradition from a summer camp, you know, a fun romp. Right. Um, summer camps like- are, I'm Jewish. I'll put that out there. Oh, and, is that? But their Jewish huge. camp is huge. That's what I was oh, about okay. to say. I'm saying this oh, is I a perfect like, game. It's in Canada that's different. Okay. Oh no no! I'm like this is. I shouldn't. I should be able to nail this. Yeah, I know about the. I know about the Jewish Boy Scouts. Um, my mm-hmm. Sadie Hawkins date um, ditched the dance to go to a Jewish Boy Scouts dance. So I know all about. Um, I'm sorry, I know I all that about that the Jewish Scouts. <laughs> that's not the name of it. But it's JCC. No. Put the, I don't know. There's some some name. I wasn't I think, privy to, but a lot of my friends were in it. The Jewish Scouts. I never there was heard like, of they're it. Like bo- they're not, I think it was co-ed, but they, I called it the Jewish Boy Scouts because it was like That Boy was Scouts. like the gist of it. Yes, it okay. basically, yeah. You like do fun games and activities and mm-hmm. hang out uh, with girls who aren't me. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was the main yes, part of the, the Jewish takeaway. Boy Scouts. <laughs> um, okay, so you know all about summer camps. Okay, so mm-hmm. here's the first one. This is the ritual, um, and I've paraphrased it, so... Don't read too much into the wording. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so the ritual is you gather and get your foot red. For example, like it's like palm reading. So like short toes indicate a short temper and fat toes mean good fortune is on its way. Interesting. I'm going to guess cult. You're correct. This is a cult. This is the yeah. Hohohana Sampogyo cult founded by Hogan Fukunaga. Um, was just one one man in Japan who claimed. I, he, I, I bet he had 
either <laughs> either that that for sure and also like a huge big toe or like what mm. was the thing that means oh, like yeah yeah um f- fat toes meant good fortune was yeah he had way. fat ass toes i bet that guy you're right the prophet probably would have to make all the good stuff about his mm-hmm. feet um interesting yeah he, so he founded this cult um claimed he had the divine gift of foot reading um but you know the catch was he charged nine hundred dollars for a reading so he wow. was sued for a lot of um by people who are angry that he was a fraud. Um, Damn. But honestly, kind of on you to pay $900 to get your foot read. So yeah, truly, who's the victim here? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next one. This is the ritual. Um, Get out of bed on the right side and don't cut hair and nails on Tuesdays or Thursdays. That also sounds like a cult to me. Hmm. It is a cult. Yes. Wow. It's a macrobiotic cult led by guru Mario Pianesi in Italy. Um, it's a. Cool it's good that we're giving these people some shout outs. <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't say it. Um, no, I just want to say that so you guys know I fact checked. Um, yeah. But also, um, I didn't. I just read articles. So maybe the articles are wrong. But uh, yeah, so this guy is like a macrobiotic food guru. But very strict rules to follow him. So people thought they were getting into this like diet sort of like lifestyle. Uh-huh. Um, but then he would have these rules like you can't laugh, you can't use the internet, and it's like at that point it's like. Mm, but you have to get up, you have to get up get on the up. right side of bed. Yeah, wow. and then there's certain days where you can't cut your hair or nails. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing great. Thank All you. All right. Here's the next one. Um, eat uncooked cheese curds dipped in sardines while blindfolded before bed. Is this a this, camp ritual or a cult ritual? This sounds to me like a camp ritual. Hmm. You're correct. Damn. This is part of a gross it's a classic out contest. Camp ritual. Yeah. <laughs> Have you done anything like this? Every day of my life. This is um just a, this was like uh cited in an article on bus.com, but it's um part my of a favorite gross, <laughs> gross website. out. Not boobs.com, um bus.com. Oh, I thought it was but like B U S B U S like oh, the oh. form of transportation dot com. <laughs> I'm sure there is. You gotta go to bus.com. Go to bus.com. Yeah. Um check out my buses on bus.com. Mm-hmm. Um no, this they they do these things called gross out contests. I think it's a lot of that boys' camps, um, but you have to like kind of I guess just do nasty things before bed. Did you ever do anything like this at camp? This never happened at the camp but this was like a rumor that this was mm. a thing at camp and it was called oh boy <laughs> it's called i believe cream the cookie and this okay, is okay yes i've seen what's that van wilder oh is that in maybe no, that's isn't how that it the one started. where they all jizz into a twinkie and then eat it or something basically but this was on top of a cookie so a little bit different okay. its own twist Interesting. <laughs> uh, and then it's like the person who comes last on the has cookie to has it. to eat it yeah huh at camp wow mm-hmm. that sounds like a frat hazing thing i guess a lot of similarities i mean a bunch of teenage boys in like a cabin is basically <laughs> a mini frat right it's just like an excuse because they're just all just like horny anyways and they're like how do I masturbate without people making... Let's all do it together. It's yeah. a game. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Here's the next one. Um, so certain people are given a stick that they have to carry around and that guards the luck of the group. That guards the luck of the group? Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to say camp. You're correct. Yes. Um, it Fuck. is cheer camp. It's the spirit stick. If you drop it, you will bring your team, your squad, actually. It's called a squad. I your got squad you. bad luck. So Damn, squad goals. I was in cheer camp. Is, did you do Very that? Real. I never dropped it. 
Oh, I see. But we I did see. get this. But I'm saying you did yeah, this the, ritual. The, 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 sort of the squad, kind of like the, the the squads that performed well will get a spirit stick. Damn. And then you could decorate it, pass it around. Was it just a regular um, like stick from outside? Well, I went to USA Cheer Camp, which is the name of the ca- company of the country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It was in Canada, funny enough. Yeah. No, it was no. It's like yeah, it's in USA, but it's also the name of the organization that runs it, USA Cheer, I think. Mm. Um, so it was printed with their logos. Um, uh, but you know, people who watch Bring It On will remember the very dramatic scene where Torrance drops the spirit stick, and that sounds familiar. Yeah, and it's taken from that, so it's a real thing. I gotcha. Okay, here's your final one. You're doing great. Um, okay, the ritual is swim through shark-infested waters to retrieve a bird's egg from a nest and then bring it back unharmed. I mean, it'd be wild if this was a <laughs> camp one, so I got a guess called. <laughs> is it the sharks that came in away? Yeah, <laughs> the sharks, I think. Um, were the, I should have cut the sharks yeah. out. Um, yeah, this is a cult um, th- from this article, so I didn't look too much into it, but it's called the Birdman Cult. But what drew me to this is the island that they do it on is the island of Motunui. I don't know if you saw Moana. But that's uh, the, I, I, did I mean, it's, I didn't realize that was a real island. I thought that it was Disney making classic Ag- Agrabah situation, making up fake sounds like. Right, a like a real. Island. Um, but this article says the Birdman Cult does this That's, in the island of Motunui. So. Do you think Moana was secretly trying to influence cult. people to join this cult? Mm, you know, very likely. Mm-hmm. It's very possible. Um, maybe I should join to, that cult. I would join the Moana cult. If Moana started a cult, I would join. I'm not seeing cult. Moana, to be honest. Wow. But I do have a niece and nephew who that are obsessed with it. erasure. Um. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it was on purpose. <laughs> a conscious decision not to see it for that reason. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's okay. I forgive you. You won the game. So as a prize, you get to tell the listeners where to find you. Oh, man. That's awesome. These listeners, if you want to find me, you can go to Instagram.com slash Nick Nemiroff or Twitter.com slash Nick Nemiroff. Cool. And that's it. Sweet. Um, yeah, check out his Conan set and follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod. Follow me at Larissa T on Twitter and Instagram. Bye. See ya.